Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Aren't you glad for the gifts of the Spirit, the work of Holy Spirit that's working even now? I want you, while you're still standing, or if you're not standing, please stand with us. And I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to begin reading with verse 24. Thank you, worship team. Aren't you glad for this worship team? Amen. Come on and give them a great hand of, of honor this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one time, said, Pastor, where do you get your model for, for worship? And, and immediately, the first thing that came to my mind is from heaven. Well, I've never been to heaven, but I read about in the Bible, the book of Revelation, John had a vision, and he saw the throne of God, and he saw heaven, and he saw the 24 elders that go around the throne, 24 hours, day and night. There's no time in heaven as we know it, but they go around the throne constantly crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I read the book of Psalms, and I see the musical instruments that were used in worship, so that's where we get our model for worship. Heaven's not quiet. <clears throat> Heaven is a place of celebration, adoration, and worship. I think that's what the church needs to be too. Because I guarantee you, the world doesn't hold back on their celebration. Everybody got 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. In case you haven't heard yet, today is the first day of our what? 21 days of fasting. All right. We do this every year. Uh, in the month of January, 21 days of fasting and uh if you are participating in that in whatever capacity you can do, uh, we know that God's going to bless. Some of you might be doing different ways, and, and, and we talked about this past Wednesday night. It's, it's not what you do or how much you do. It's why you do it. So uh, if you're participating in that, uh, just pray God's blessings over you. We've been praying over those that are going to do that, that this will be a time that God's going to reveal himself to you and move in your life in such a mighty and powerful way. I made this statement last Wednesday night, and, and listen, I want you to know that I am full up running over this morning, so it's going to be hard for me to stay on task. Uh, and, but, but we made the statement last Wednesday night uh, 
that we don't fast to defeat Satan. All right? So your fasting is not going to defeat hell. But what fasting is going to do for you, it's going to give you the strategy how you can walk through the power of the enemy. God's, uh, let me go. Are you at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24? I made this statement also last Wednesday night that starting today that we were going to be uh, moving into a series that I've entitled, Who Are You? And uh, that the Lord has dealt with me for the month of January, uh, that we're going to be dealing with individuals. We're going to be talking about you as an individual and who are you as an individual. Uh, and, and so uh, because this is what the Lord's dealing with me about is God's speaking to me about raising up warriors. And you becoming a warrior. If I ask you that question this morning, do you consider yourself as a warrior in the kingdom of God? What would your answer be? All right. If you are a warrior, are you warring? So the month of January, we're going to be dealing with the warrior. We're going to be dealing with you recognizing who you are in Christ so that you can become a warrior, all right? And then from January on, and I don't know how long it's going to go, we're going to be dealing with warfare because you're a warrior. I fight because I'm a warrior. I do warfare because I'm a warrior. I win the battle because I'm a warrior. You understand what I'm saying? And all I can say is, hell better look out because there's some warriors headed that way. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning with verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. King James Version says, I buffet my body. That's not the Chinese buffet. He said, I buffet my body. All right? Why? And keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified or a castaway. All right? That word disqualified or castaway simply means to be Christless. All right? So, what Paul was saying, if we take this in the context of how it was written, what Paul was saying is this I have to guard myself lest what I preach and 
the message that I preach, I myself get out from under that message and lose the blessing. Father, thank you for your word today. We look to you this morning for grace. Bless those that are listening. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. Listen, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. It says, a man without self-control is like a city broken down and left without walls. The power of self-control is such a big deal. And we're living in a culture today where self-control has been thrown out the window. And uh, people have loose ideas and loose minds. But the Apostle Paul, in these few verses that I want to focus on this morning, and there's a lot here that, that we'll not have time to get into, but I just want to focus on about four areas this morning that I believe that, that if you will take them to heart and listen to them, that they will be a blessing to you in this coming year. Because there are those perhaps that are sitting here today, maybe those that are listening to us or watching us on live stream this morning, that you have moved into 2023. And as you sit today in 2023, you've asked yourself the question, I am st- why am I still dealing with the same thing today that I dealt with last year? Why is it that I'm not able to overcome the obstacles that I had last year? Why is it that even though I made the statement last year that I was going to get through this, I was going to overcome this, I was going to be a better person next year, I was going to be a better husband or a better wife or a better child or whatever next year, but yet they're sitting here in 2023 and it's still the status quo. You see, I believe this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that God's desire for you and I is that we move forward, that we never stop growing in his grace and his mercy. I believe it's God's desire for you today, sir and ma'am, not to live your life in depression all the time. I believe God's got better for you. Jesus said this, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing the excuses of why Christians are not walking in victory. Listen, the Word of God is living and powerful. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that the Word is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it cuts even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it goes on down and it says this, Neither is there any creature that is hidden uh, from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. 
And then he says this. He said, for we have a high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, that has passed into the heavens. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet uh, uh, without sin. But, but therefore let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, the Bible says in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Listen, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But yet we, uh, we uh, perhaps us or somebody that we know are living their lives in depression, oppression, and struggle. There are people that I'm talking to this morning that you struggle with insecurity. You are battling because you are an insecure person. Even though the very Son of God, the very Spirit and power of a living God lives inside of you. Listen to me. You walk in depression. You struggle with anger. You've got an explosive temper. People around you that know you are afraid to push the wrong button in your life because they know that you will explode all over them. While all the time, you have got the very power, the very living, anointing spirit of Jesus Christ living inside of you. Can we be real? Listen, I've told you this before. I'm your pastor. I'm not your life coach. It's not my responsibility to build your muscle up. It's my responsibility to get you to heaven. And while you're on your way to be successful. Listen, I know what it's like to deal with depression. I know what it's like to worship on Sunday and get up on Monday morning and be depressed and not want to see anybody, not want to talk to anybody or anything like that. I understand I'm not talking to you about something that I've not been there, done that, and all of that. I threw the T-shirt away. All right? But I know this morning that I'm talking to people that you're battling and you're struggling. Men, perhaps, this morning that are sitting here listening to me and you are battling and, and struggling with pornography and, it, and it's ripping you apart because it seems like that you can't get through it. And you're dealing with all these things, perhaps even women that are sitting here this morning and you're struggling and battling with perversion. I didn't come here this morning to tell you and to send you to hell. I didn't come here this morning and tell you that you're going to hell because you've got bad thoughts and you're struggling and all of that. But I came here to tell you that the one that's on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit that is living on the inside of you, is greater than what you're dealing with on the outside. Listen, I battle with that, and, and, and 
And I wasn't going to say this because I just wasn't going to say it. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to be honest with you because, because I want you to understand that contrary to what many people think, the pastor and the preacher and, and all of that, they're, they're this spiritual entity that, that looks down on everybody as not being spiritual and, and that we've got it all together and, and we live in lie in homes that are, that are perfect and beautiful and everything is right and everything is good. Ladies and gentlemen, let me make this announcement to you. It is quite the contrary. I live in a house just like you do, perhaps. I battle just like you do. We have war in our home just like you do. The devil comes against us just like he does your house. The devil battles my children just like he battles yours. And, and the warfare is the same. But thanks be to God that God gives us understanding and wisdom that we can stand up and say, look, I'm not being pushed around anymore. There's got to be a better way. And several uh, months ago, you probably remember I, I preached this message and we talked about the river. How many of you remember that? Three of you. Okay, well, that's good. We're getting there, all right? But, but I preached this message about the river. And we talked about that all from Genesis all the way through, there's a river. And in the Old Testament, that river symbolizes the Spirit and the presence of God. And then we get to the New Testament, and Jesus said this. He said, out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. But this spake here, the Spirit uh, of, of the Holy Ghost, uh, which had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So what Jesus was saying was this. He said, when I am glorified, when I go back to the Father, I'm going to send back the Comforter. He's going to come and live inside of you. Can you, can you say that? He's going to live inside of me. Not some generic form. Not, not some artificial brand of Holy Spirit. Not some partial. But Jesus said, He's going to live inside of you. And He said, out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. The Bible talks about in Isaiah that there's going to be a day that the rivers are going to flow into the desert places and the dead places are going to begin to bring forth life. I've got a river in me. If you are a, if you are a born again believer that has made Jesus the Lord of your life and accepted him as your savior, repented of your sins and been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, then you have a river inside of you. Oh, 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 oh. You have got the very life of God living inside of you. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. Who are you? 
Well, I was rejected when I was a baby. I was abused when I was a kid. I was told I wouldn't be nothing. I was told I would never make it. I'm just down out. The devil's been beating my backside all week. I'm defeated. I'm depressed. Lord, have mercy on me. Y'all don't get in this. I'm going to start rapping. All right? You better, you better understand what I'm saying. I just can't seem to get no victory, Pastor. I don't have any joy, don't have any peace. Nobody likes me. Nobody's speaking to me. <clears throat> Nobody liking my post on Facebook. Come on. Nobody cares. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Y'all young folks don't know nothing about that because y'all never seen hee-haw. And I know that wasn't right grammar. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no, bad, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And listen. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people around you because I'm giving you this message so that you can tell them. Tell them this. It is no wonder that your neighbor doesn't want what you've got. It is no wonder that your children are looking for something else because the depression that you've got, they don't want it. The oppression that's following you around, they don't want it. The struggle that you're in, they don't need it. But they're looking for is something that will radically move them out of that oppression and move them into a joy and a peace and an anointing that will break the yoke of bondage. Listen, I dealt with the struggle and I battled and, and nobody knew it except my wife. I didn't tell anybody about the struggle that I was having even to the point that, that I wanted to leave ministry and quit uh, pastoring and just get away and, and just try to be a normal person. And Judy told me, she said, Corn, you won't ever be normal. But I struggled, depressed, and I would sit and read the Word of God and get messages that were powerful. We would come in and services would be awesome. We were baptizing and still are baptizing people nearly every Sunday or every other Sunday. People are being saved and born again. And, and we, I would be in all that and walk out of the building and just be depressed and struggling and battling with no joy and no peace. I began to pray and seek God, and God began to bring revelation to me about the river. And God asked me one day as I was sitting in my office down in my shed, I was sitting there with my mind out of gear just staring at the Bible because I couldn't seem to get any revelation and I couldn't seem to hear the voice of God. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but that might have something to do with why about twelve to 1,500 pastors are leaving the ministry every month because they are so beat down and depressed and all that and they don't understand 
understand how to get out from under it. And I was sitting there and I was staring at the Bible, uh, just not even thinking about anything. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a way that He's not spoke to me in many, many years. And He asked me this question. He said, who are you? Who are you? And I sat there because I couldn't say anything. And I just began to listen. And I'm going to get to my message in a minute. I told you a while ago. It's one of those days. And I sat there. Brother Pat depressed, so beat down. I was telling everybody else about an awesome faith and an awesome way to overcome. But I was as beat up and beat down as you could ever be. Been in ministry 35, 40 years, 40 years. full of the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, seeing mighty things God has done, but I was beat up and depressed and I could not understand what in the world is going on in my life. And God began to speak to me. And he said this, he said, son, you have talked about it for years. But I had to take you through this so that it would become revelation to you. He said, because there is a river that is in you, but you have not been living by the river. You have been living by what you see what you hear, and what you can touch. God said, I have put myself inside of you. I am that I am all that you need. Everything that you need is inside of you. And things begin to click. I began to go back and look at messages that I had preached and revelation began to come. And I began to see things and I began to understand things. And that scripture that I've used hundreds of times, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. That, that scripture exploded in my spirit and God said, son, the treasure is inside of you. He said, but you're not, you're not, uh, 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 getting the effect of the treasure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there with that, but we're gonna be talking about that for a while because I want you to understand 
Sometimes we walk through things in order that we can help somebody else get through something. That's the reason I'm focusing on this mind thing, this battle in your mind. You've been rejected by people, and, and people have hurt you and wounded you, and they've said things about you, and it's hurt you, and it's, 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 got you, it's gotten inside of you, and you don't know how to get it out. And you can never be the warrior that God's called you to be as long as you're walking in hurt and rejection and pain from your past. God sent me here this morning or brought you here this morning, whatever, that you can hear this word today, that there's a better way and there's a God that loves you and there's a power on the inside of you. The anointing that's inside of you will break the yoke of bondage, but what we've got to understand is how to allow that that's inside of me to dictate what's going on outside of me. i got to get this. Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul He's talking to people, and he's talking to people about this very thing. He said, look, I want you to understand, I have to be careful that when I preach to you, I myself don't become a castaway. Listen, I was right there, ladies and gentlemen. I was right there in the middle of that. I was preaching to everybody else, and I could counsel and tell people how to live and how to have a good marriage and how to have joy and happiness, but I myself was a castaway, and I didn't know why until God began to reveal some things to me. That castaway can also be used by missing the place of your harbor. It's like a boat or a ship that, that, that is searching for a dock in the middle of the night, and you drift by that harbor. You drift by that, that, that place where you anchor up. You drift past it. Listen, life is a battle. Can you say amen? Life is a battle. But the biggest majority of our battles are not with Satan. The biggest majority is of the battle that you and I face are with our flesh. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because Jesus said this, I have overcome him. I defeated him. Jesus defeated Satan when he rose from the grave. Hell could not hold him down. Satan could not defeat him. Jesus defeated the devil in Luke chapter 4. Jesus uh, put him on his back, uh, back hinds, uh, backside, whatever. And, and listen, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, hell was defeated. Satan has been defeated. We're dealing with a few demons here and there, but the biggest majority of our battle is bringing my flesh in line with what God wants to do in my life. We're quick to say, well, the devil is doing this and the devil is doing that, but the reality is this, ladies and gentlemen, that my flesh, my flesh needs to be brought into subjection to him. 1 John 4, 4 says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome the world. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Life is a battle. But Satan has been defeated. 
the very power that lives inside of me has defeated the works of darkness. And that's what Paul was talking about. Saying there's good, there's a battle, there's a fight. He said, I don't fight as one that doesn't have, uh, he said, I don't fight just the air. I don't run aimlessly. But I've got purpose and I've got a, uh, I've got a reason for doing what I do. So I want to give you five things or four things. And, I, and I'm going to get out of the way because we've got baptism coming up and I'm already out of time. The first one is this, life is a battle. You're going to battle. You're going to experience battles. But listen, know this, that the enemy has been defeated. My responsibility is to bring Cornelius into subjection to what Holy Spirit inside of me wants to do. Number two, Paul said this. He said, every athlete runs and receives a prize. And he used this illustration of athletes that were in a, an Olympic-type game, game that were running. They were training. They were running to receive a prize. As I read that, the Lord began to deal with me. He said, verse 26, so I do not run aimlessly. In other words, I believe what Paul was saying was this, I've got a goal. I'm not just getting up on Sunday morning, coming to church, just to say that I've been to church and all of that. But I've got a goal. Can I ask you something this morning, sir or ma'am? Do you have a goal in your worship for Jesus? Do you have a goal in your life? We know that we're going to fight battles, but do you have a goal when it comes to your relationship with Christ? What do you want to see come out of that relationship with Christ? Do you want to see your family impacted? Do you want to see your marriage changed? Do you want to see your husband saved? Do you want to see your wife born again? What is your goal? What is it that you would like to say, God, this is what I want to see happen in my life in 2023? What I would challenge you to do this morning is get you a notebook and write these things down on a piece of paper and say, this is my goal for 2023. Some of you might say, I want to read through the Bible in a year. That's your goal, then do it. But set yourself a goal. Don't just go aimlessly through 2023, bouncing off of everything that comes along. Every little fire that starts, you get in it, get heated up a little bit, and, and then you start dying out. Get yourself a goal. So you know what, in 2023, I'm going to be on fire for Jesus. 2023, I'm going to have an impact on my family. I'm going to let the gospel that's in me have an impact on my family.
third thing is this. Notice what Paul said, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. I do not box as one beating the air. I believe that what Paul was saying is this. I fight with purpose. I'm not just blanketing a prayer out saying, Lord, bless everybody. Lord, bless my family. But I'm, I'm intentional about the people that I want to see God touch. I'm intentional about my warfare. Father, I've got a child that's dealing with addiction. I speak that name out before God, and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing that this year is going to be that child's year, that you're going to break the addiction. I'm intentional about it. I'm not just throwing some blanket prayer out there, God bless everybody and all of that, but I'm intentional because, God, I'm believing that 2023, that you have called me to be intentional. I'm setting a goal. I'm writing some names down. And I'm listen, I'm taking names. If you want to get on my list, you're going to be impacted by the power of the gospel because I'm writing your name down and I'm saying, Lord, I want to see this child impacted by the power of the gospel. But now listen. What God's going to do is he's going to say, oh, you want to see that child impacted by the gospel? Then I'm calling you and I'm empowering you to stand up and open your mouth and tell that child how much I love them. But more than that, tell them how much you love them and you have not turned your back on them. See, every time you get intentional with God, God says, okay, So I fight with purpose. Can somebody go back and tell Pastor Tammy to get ready for baptism? Thank you. So I fight with purpose. Life is a battle. There, listen, if you, if you are not in a battle, and, and please catch what I'm saying. I'm not being mean about this. But if you are not in a battle, you need to rejoice and say, thank you, Jesus. But listen, if you are not in a battle, please realize that somebody close to you is in the battle of their life. Perhaps you are not in a battle because God has given you revelation of how to live your life above the battle and above the oppression. But there are people that are close to you that are struggling and battling in life because they don't know how to live. So don't just drift through life and say, Lord, thank you for your blessings and not worry about everybody else. Because God wants to use you.
And number four is the power of being disciplined. The power of being disciplined. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, this, this story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, all of us have heard that. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is one of the most trying times of his, of his life, of his ministry. He goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. He looks at his disciples. He says, stay here while I go yonder and pray. So Jesus left Peter, James, and John, and he went a little bit further in the garden and began to pray. You know the story. He came back. <clears throat> Peter, James, and John were asleep. Jesus looked at him. He said, why can't you watch with me for just one hour? And, and he went and prayed again. He came back again. They were asleep again. They, and, and he said, listen, guys, can't you watch with me? My soul is exceeding sorrowful. He left again, came back again, and they were asleep again. Jesus looked at them, and he said this in verse 41. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Notice this. The spirit, everybody say the spirit. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. I think that probably needs to be turned around. I think that what Jesus really meant to say was this. The flesh indeed is willing, but the spirit is weak. Because they're in the garden. They're following Jesus. They went with him and, and, and all of that. But then Jesus looks and says, pray that you don't enter into temptation because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What was he talking about? This is what I believe. He was talking about the spirit of God that's on the inside of you and I is always willing. Listen, he is always willing to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit that lives inside of you is always willing to stand up and fight the battle and win the war on your behalf. But all of us have this problem with our flesh. Because the disciples were struggling. They were worried about their master. They had been hearing tidbits of information that Jesus was about to be handed over into the hands of sinful men. They were stressed beyond measure. They were down. They were struggling and battling. The flesh was wore out. That's the reason they sat there and dozed off to sleep because the flesh was wore out. But Jesus said this. And it's such a powerful message for you and I. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. What I need to do is bring my flesh into submission to what my spirit is saying. That comes through discipline. That's the reason... <clears throat> One of the reasons for fasting in the Bible is to bring the flesh <clears throat> into submission to the Spirit. 
Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to say this, <clears throat> and and then we're I'm going to I'm going to give the invitation. And you're going to hear this a lot in the next few weeks. And I want to say it every service because I want you to get the revelation of what I'm talking about. You are a three-part person. You are a trichotomy. In other words, you are a you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. The body is what we're looking at this morning. That is your flesh. That, that is the part that when somebody pinches you, you say, ow. That's your body. You have a soul. The soul part of you is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you have a spirit. The spirit is what connects with God. The spirit is what God works through. When Holy Spirit is inside of you, that is what he's working through to affect your life. I have a body. I have a spirit. But here's the thing. The soul part of me can be affected by my body or it can be affected by my spirit. You see, because your body is sustained by things of the earth, cabbage, fruits, and nuts. Because God formed you out of the dust of the earth. Isn't that right? Adam, Adam was formed out of the dust of the earth. God put him together out of the dust of the earth. So your body was made from things of the earth. That is the reason that it takes fruits, nuts, and broccoli, and Brussels sprouts, sprouts, sprouts I can't even say it, to sustain your body. But your spirit came from God. That's the reason your spirit can only be sustained by God. But your soul is a different thing because your soul can either be fed by your body or it can be sustained by your spirit, your mind, your will, your emotions. So when you allow your soul to be sustained by the things of the world, that's, that's why you look on Facebook to get your approval. Because you don't know who you are. That's the reason, ma'am, that you're looking at your husband 
to approve who you are. And your husband looks at you like you're crazy because he don't understand how to give you what you're needing. That's the reason, young lady, that's the reason, young lady, that you are on the verge of doing what your boyfriend wants you to do because you don't know who you are. Okay? And you're looking to things of the world to validate who you are. In other words, your mind and your will and your emotions are, are, are being drawn to the things of the world, hoping that they will validate who you are. Instead of allowing your soul to be drawn to the Spirit of God that says this about you. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. got to stop. I got to stop. That's the reason that you can't get healing is because you're looking at the world for your healing. And God says, I've got everything that you need already inside of you. You've just got to partake of it. Listen, there are people that have struggles. There are people that have problems in their minds. And the first thing they run to is, I got to have some medicine. I got to medicate this. And there, there are times that that's needed, and I, please understand, I'm not knocking that. But I'm telling you, friend, we need to understand that all the healing, remember what I said, Jesus didn't give you a partial Holy Spirit. He didn't give you a generic Holy Spirit. He gave you the very spirit of who he is. Everything, who, everything about him lives inside of you. If it happened in the Bible Jesus did it. It's inside of you. You can't, you can't take a little bit of it and leave the rest of it at the house. He gave you everything he had. It lives inside of you. Learn how to say I'm not living according to the way that I was made but I'm living according to the way that I was recreated and born again because I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Now listen, if that's you this morning, I know I've, I've, I'm a bad, bad boy. 
But if that's you this morning, I believe that God's going to begin to show you and he's going to begin to give you wisdom and revelation. Because life is a battle. We are all going to go through battles. But set yourself a goal. Set yourself a goal. And fight with purpose. Is God calling you out from a place that you've been for years and you're nervous about it? Obey God. Somebody said, dead ends only exist if you don't turn around. Just do what God's calling you to do. Quit worrying about what somebody's going to think or say about you and be obedient to the Lord. God's got so much more. You think they treated you like that because they wanted to kill you. God is saying they treated you like that because I was ready for you to move. I was ready for you to shift into something greater. But you would have never moved. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me, please? I'm going to ask you this one question. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not really sure that I've ever been born again. Not really sure that I'm a Christian. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? I'm not going to, nobody's going to come get you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? If you'll lift your hands. Second thing, Pastor, I've been living like you described earlier. I've been battling. I've been depressed. I've been struggling. My family's been going through it. And I've asked myself the question, why am I having to experience all this stuff? I need, I need God to do a work in my life. If that's you, would you lift your hands this morning? I need God to do a work in my life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Here's the thing. Y'all go ahead and raise the screen up. If you can, please. Here's the thing. If that's you, What is your goal? Can I tell you this? My number one goal for 2023 is I want to be a stronger man of God. I want to know Jesus like I've never known him before. That's my first goal. I want to commit to him more. I want to get involved in a church 
I want to be a part. I want to belong to a family of God. I'm not going to live on the outskirts and dwell on the outside, but I'm going to get involved and be committed to a church to support it and have the support of that church. Then I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to live on purpose. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you today, Father, for your grace that you've given us. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning over those today. God, those that have raised their hands and those that have said, Lord, I need you today. I pray for them this morning. I pray that you would do a work in their lives. Father, that in 2023, we might know that your glory is working in us and through us. Lord, we believe that 2023 is going to be the year that our children are going to be saved. God, we believe that 2023 is going to be the year that we begin to walk in the joy and the peace that you promised us. Lord, we thank you for it. We honor you this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.